This is Joanna DeCellis, editor of Club and Resort Chef. In this episode of Club and Resort Talks, sponsored by Hoshizaki, we're chatting with executive chef Melinda Burroughs, who has run the kitchen at Hickory Hills Country Club in Springfield, Missouri for the past six years. In an earlier part of her career, Chef Burroughs was a traveling personal chef for A-list celebrities and legendary rock stars. Now, as a club chef, she appreciates being able to touch tables and get to know her members. Chef Burroughs is passionate about mentoring, certification, authenticity, and ingredients. In fact, many of the items she uses in her specials are grown on her very own hobby farm. Thanks for joining us today, Chef. How are you? I'm doing well, Joanna. How are you? It's so nice to meet you and chat with you today. Thanks for asking me. Absolutely. I'm so thrilled to have, to have found you. I love that the, that the world of Facebook was able to connect us because of all the mutual connections that we have. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You are the executive chef at Hickory Hills, right? I've been there for six years. It's a private member-owned club, about 694 memberships currently. We have golf, tennis, pool, a beautiful health and wellness fitness center that's about nine months strong now, and the members just love that. And then, of course, um, did, I, did I say golf? <laughs> I the clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> the clubhouse where I am. Uh, you know, it is all about the food in a country club. I can't forget that. True, true. Tell us about the dining operation. How big is it? What's kind of the lay of the land? There is one main restaurant. There's also a men's grill. Uh, ladies locker room. We have the garden room for events, the magnolia room for events, a large ballroom for about 225 uh, for a plated event and much larger for a buffet, which we have not done many of those this year. Uh, the snack bar and pool run uh, Memorial Day. Uh, we go through the end of September because it's still so nice at Labor Day, which is a traditional you know end of summer, but we continue on the weekends. It's a, it's a busy place and uh, the membership's super happy and six years later, here we are. So you are a certified executive chef and you have your CCA certification. I do, yes. How long have you had those certifications? I was certified in 2016 with my CEC and then just jumped right into the process to get certified with the CCA and did that in 2018. Why get those certifications? What value is there in that? Going back... To probably 2009, I was the sh- a chef in California, executive chef and director of dining services at, a, at the California PEO home. And I went to the Anaheim ACF National Convention. And as I looked around, I saw all these wonderful chefs with this alphabet after their name. And I was intrigued by that and really didn't know about certification at that point. And as I looked into it, I decided, you know, I don't want to come back to one of these conventions until I have my CEC. It took a little while, but I achieved it. And I I give credit to quite a few chefs that I met at that convention. And I, I really believe in that process. I think it's very important. Since you achieved that certification, what has it done for your career? Certification has allowed me to gain monetary benefits as well as influenced others to become certified. And it shows my club that I'm serious about being the best chef that I can be. Do you think you'll try to achieve more certifications? Yes, my big goal is to become the best cook that I can be. There's just a lot of work. It's a lot of work to to be the best cook that you can be. It's a, that's that, you know, eternal student, forever the student philosophy and never being satisfied that you know everything because that's just not true. You do a lot with mentoring with your team and with the people that you bring on board. How does that philosophy kind of tie into the way that you mentor others? 
I'm a huge proponent and active participant in mentoring and being mentored. Uh, for example, currently my sous chef has her, her CSC. Her next steps will be earning her CCC. My restaurant chef is working towards his CCC. I believe mentorship is crucial along uh, the scattered roadmap of the culinary industry, and a good mentor can help steer a young culinarian, or whatever age, through the maze of choices and help present clarity, measurable goals, achievable goals, and ultimately successes, no matter how great or how small. And it continues the cycle of giving back, which was uh, what was given to you. You have cooked for some pretty famous people over the course of your career. Apparently I have. It's been a long time, but yes, I have. How do you bring your personality and your experience and kind of your story into the club and the the dishes you put out and the experience that you cultivate? From the first day six years ago, it's been my mission to learn as, as many member names as possible because that bridges a relationship with each of them and creates that sense of Um, you're special. And in the club setting, that is very important to to be made to feel special. I love interacting with my members. Uh, I do have a very gregarious personality. I like talking to people and interested in exchanging, you know, talking about food especially, but what, but whatever, family, food, and uh, some of the interactions I like, I do are, of course, table touches in the dining room. Uh, culinary classes with adults and with my littles, which I love doing stuff with the kids. Um, I also have just quite a few years of experience overall in all kinds of food operations, so I'm able to bring that knowledge and expertise to Hickory. Bringing my style into operations and menus from the beginning has been welcoming, encouraged, and now certainly it's expected by my members. They've come to enjoy my take on cuisine, my commitment to healthy eating, my desire to be a better cook, which then they benefit from. On my restaurant menus, I incorporate local and micro-local ingredients, as well as non-GMO and organic ingredients. Um, And they love my story. They love the people that I've cooked for, and they like to hear little, you know, scenarios or little uh, tidbits about things or experiences, and, and that's kind of fun to share. Most of all, there's just a great sense of uh, belonging there and community and family. You said that you have a culinary style. How would you kind of define that? I consider myself a French chef. I went to school in Paris, France to the Ritz Escoffier, and I really wanted to just hone in on the basis of modern cooking. And I did that. I'm from Seattle, Washington, so there's a you know vast resource of amazing foods there. And I think it's just marrying the tradition with excellent ingredients. And I love um, colors and trying to get the best flavor. I don't, I don't know that I have a real title for it. It's just good food that looks pretty. You want to eat it when you look at it. How is Hickory Hills doing now compared to the same time last year? I mean, obviously the world has kind of upended itself. So how, how are things going in the midst of this pandemic? Well, honestly, not too bad. Our food sales are up about 2%. Last year, overall food and beverage are about 1.4 million. We're looking at about 1.5 for this year. My food costs are up by 5%. So 42 uh, versus uh, a 37 last year. Uh, I like to run a pretty tight food cost. 
Uh, we track that with daily reports, weekly and monthly reports and PNL statements, uh, and then five-year comparisons as well. So we can just keep an eye on things. The a la carte restaurant, uh, we've had record sales during this year. So of course, we closed most people, same story in March. We reopened on May 5th. The pool opened. People wanted to come to the club and they were spending more money in the restaurant. So we've, we've caught up and we're doing pretty good that way. Banquets, of course, were down 77%. It's bleak, of course. We're usually a 50-50 a la carte and banquet operation. We are not that right now. In this fiscal year, we just need to get to the end of March. April 1st begins our new year, and we are in line for a fantastic financial recovery. We already have six weddings on the books, and our, our members are eager to enjoy the club, and they are paying their dues. And we're there to serve them in any capacity that we possibly can. And we're excited for the future. As banquets have had to peel back because of, of the pandemic, are those events being rebooked for next year? Yes, they are. And that's also very encouraging. And again, it's a bright spot in this uh, bit of darkness that we are all experiencing. What about your check averages? You said that a la carte is really up right now. So are, is it because of programs that you've launched, like to-go or takeout or grocery? Is that what's kind of making those numbers spike? Probably a little bit of everything. Now, we didn't do the grocery program that a lot of folks were doing. And actually, our check averages are, are down by 3%, but people are just utilizing the to-goes. We you know do specials on every night of the week, basically. And we do a special discounted burger night and we have lots of people come in, sit, sit on the patio for that. So, I mean, the check averages may be down, but the utilization is up. So I think that would account for that. What are some mm -hmm. of the biggest challenges that you have? My crew and I just need to keep a laser focus on what we're doing and why we're doing it. We're in the business of making people happy with food. We can never forget that. Uh, it's always a challenge keeping overtime down this time of year. And I've kept all my full-time people employed. I didn't have to furlough anybody. And I didn't have to lay any culinarians off through this process. So that's been a blessing as well. However, uh, one cost, our paper costs have just gone through the roof. I'm sure I'm not the only chef experiencing that, especially with all the to-go items and the to-go specials. Single-use glove pricing just continues to rise along with the usage. Uh, I guess we don't hear about how bad plastic straws are anymore since plastics have taken over in our food service industry. So what's next? What's next for you? What's next for Hickory Hills? Where, where do you go from here? My husband and I have a little hobby farm, we call it, and its name is St. Isidore's Farm. And we grow some fresh produce for the club, like tomatoes and cucumbers, turnips, garlic. I supply the club with fresh farm eggs. So we've got hens. And we recently got some runner ducks, which are supposed to be prolific egg layers. So we're excited to maybe have uh, duck eggs for the club in the near future. And each year we raise two hogs for the club that the meat's utilized for a butchery, a hog butchery class that I do for my culinarians because I just love butchering animals. And we also use that for special events like my farm to table events or a wine dinner, etc. How did you get into farming? Well, we're not really farmers. <laughs> we're hobby 
we're hobbyists. Right. <laughs> um, we're not even homesteaders. I mean, we have electricity and we have the internet and, you know, we don't have TV though. We haven't had television for uh, close to 10 years now. We don't watch TV because we have so many other things we, we'd rather be doing. Um, and uh, I'd love to be cooking in my kitchen here. My husband's outside right now on his tractor doing some stuff. Basically, we came to Missouri and we decided we loved the quality of life here. We love the land. We love to eat good food. We care about what we put in our bodies. And we thought, let's just start growing some of our own things. And it just kind of evolved into where we are now. And we just love adding little bits and pieces. And we have a huge garden. And uh, it's just a gorgeous place. We have Bullshills Lake out front and the woods in the back. And it's peaceful and quiet. And, you know, I have my kittens and dogs and a goose. And it's just like a little menagerie. And, and hens it's and the hogs. It sounds amazing. <laughs> and a beautiful orchard. You know, we, we have peaches during the year. We're starting to get figs this year and some apples. So um, it's just a wonderful uh, and again, the members just love that part of the story of their chef, that she is doing this and committed to bringing them the best things that I possibly can. And, and that we grew that for them is also really cool. Um, I also think it's important that part of that is respecting the food. That is the one thing in, in the kitchen that upsets me if, if I see a culinarian not respecting the food, whether that's handling it improperly or, or just you have to respect the food and where it came from, especially animals. You know, I mean, that's a life that was taken to provide a meal. And there's the process about that. I feel very important about respecting that. And cooking is an act of love. And my grandmother, I credit her for being my first mentor. She really gave that to me. Or, or, and I found that in my relationship with her and she was just a very simple a hardworking woman, but uh, she was a very good cook. And I think I got that from her. For more podcasts, check out our site, clubandresortchef.com. <laughs>